0: Uh, hello, my name is Carrie, and welcome to the Yukon Entrepreneur Podcast series. We're recording today on the traditional territory of Champagne and Asiac First Nations. And my guest today is Teresa. Teresa, please introduce yourself.
1: Hello. I don't have my entire introduction memorized, so that's that's where I'm going to leave it. <laughs> Um, my name is Teresa Vanimir Shasseh, my Tanana name is Zolkhet Nelna. It was given to me by late elder Mary Tayon and translated by late elder Ada Gallen to mean strong woman on a hill watching over her people. I'm a member of the White River First Nation of Beaver Creek Yukon in Alaska, and I'm an artist, consultant, and curator.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being here. Uh, so just tell us a little bit about your business. How long has it been operating? What is it that your business is?
1: Gosh, it's probably. Um, so I'm a, a. What is it called? A um, self. What is it? Self-proprietor. What is that word? Sole proprietor. Sole proprietor. Yeah, yeah. So I'm a sole proprietor, and it's probably been eight, nine years. I can't remember now. Um, my mom has been an entrepreneur for her, like, for her entire life. Um, so it was kind of natural for me to be self-employed. Um, that's just kind of the avenue that I took. Um, I worked with you know different uh, organizations and things like that. But I just I just don't like the hierarchy. I I can't <laughs> I can't be told what to do. So I yeah I I basically became a sole proprietor of a consulting. Uh, I do a lot of things. So consulting, curating, and art all within the same thing, which is me, um, because you yourself can be a business, right? So, um, yeah, I really focus on my visual arts practice. Um, I focus on curatorial work, uh, which is actually most of my income comes from curating and consulting, not from my art practice. My art practice is kind of something a little bit separate. Although I do sell work, it's, it's it's not as much of a priority of income. So I get it through my consulting and curating and consulting I work with like museums, galleries, all of these different kinds of things. Sometimes it's about um, you know, uh, I don't know, like just collection equality, uh, thinking about audiences coming into a space, like all of those different kinds of things I've done. training, volunteers and staff, like those kind of things um, I've been a consultant with. so yeah, eight or nine years I can't even remember.
0: <laughs> And so your client base, if you're working with museums and that sort of thing, like, is that rooted in the Yukon? Is it Canadian? Is it international? What's your sort of range of client base?
1: Um, Mostly Yukon, actually. Uh, That's kind of where everything is. And right now I'm in Victoria, B.C. So I'm Victoria, B.C., Whitehorse Yukon and Beaver Creek Yukon. I kind of jump between the three places, but it's it's constantly Yukon. (laughs) I'm always drawn to it. I have done some consulting work f- for other places in Canada, but I, I like to focus on Yukon. That's where I know, um, you know, like just knowing people, knowing artists, knowing the space, um, knowing audiences that come to Yukon. It's just that's where my, uh, uh, yeah, that's just where I'm really good at focusing on is Northern. So Yukon's always been the priority. So that's kind of where my client base is. For my art practice, that that's completely different. That's UConn, Canada, and international. So I have two very different um, aspects of my career that I have to kind of put in balance. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so Teresa, I want you to kind of, Go back in time a little bit, and I want you to think about or tell us the story about your first memory of the pandemic. It was that kahneman kind of like, you know, where were you the day JFK was shot? Not that we were old enough <laughs> yeah. to be there, but you know that idea. So where were you when you realized, oh, we're we're in a pandemic? Oh, yeah. I,
1: like, and we did this interview about a year ago too. Like, um, one of our first. So, uh was that in, when was that? March? February? When, when I think we interviewed. In Fairly early on, but you know what? I honestly don't have the date in front of me. I don't remember yeah. either. Um, yes, I know exactly where I was. I was at um, Burnt Toast in Whitehorse, course Yukon with Mary Bradshaw and I can't remember his name right now, um, our preparator for, uh, we had just finished setting up Emerging North, which was an exhibition with, I can't even remember how many artists, eight, nine maybe 11 um, indigenous uh, Yana artists from Yukon or associated with Yukon. um, And that was for the Arctic winter games. So the Arctic winter games was about to happen. Emerging North was my first big exhibition that I curated by myself. (laughs) So I was very excited and stoked about it. And then we heard like just some kind of whispers of, you know, there's something happening in the world. And I'm like, what is this? This sounds ridiculous. Like, I was very much in denial. And then literally a week later, it was um, Emerging North, the Yukon Art Center is shut down. And uh, it just like, yeah, just kind of, you know, just kind of went down from there. But yeah, no, I know, I know that exact moment where we were kind of like, you know, talking about, you know, is this where we're going to have to go? Is, uh, are we going to have to wear masks? Like, we just... We had no idea what it was, um, and I had no clue that I would ever live to see something like this. You know, these are stories from long ago, <laughs> you know, plague years. I, I didn't think I would actually live through one. So, yeah, it was a bizarre time. But, yeah, it, it hit me right at the moment of uh, a very big uh, time in my career.
0: <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, that, that first lockdown, shutdown, where, where mm-hmm. everything really stopped and the Arctic Games are really that, like, key memory Canceled for a lot of newcomers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it really did. Yeah. Um, so, which of the public health measures have you found to be the most challenging, like, that have affected your business the most profoundly?
1: Um, so, in the early days of the pandemic, it was the fact that um, galleries and museums closed. Um, And during that time, and it really did take a year (laughs) for museums to figure out what they were going to do. I'm very grateful that everything has, you know, changed and been online. And now we have like, you know, platforms like this to be able to speak to one another. Um, But I felt very lost right at the beginning. Like my shows, I think I had three or four exhibitions lined up and they were all canceled, all delayed. Um, So that was the biggest thing was just the closure of a physical space, because galleries and museums weren't necessarily prepared to go online. Um, I know people have been like talking about it and there was kind of discussion throughout the, um, you know, museum and arts communities of like doing more content online, but this really pushed them to do it online. So yeah, my career got paused, I couldn't curate, (laughs) because I didn't have a space. I didn't know how to curate an online exhibition at all. Um, So it was a lot of trying to relearn what I was still learning, because I consider myself an emerging curator. So I'm still, you know, trying to figure out the spaces and, and how to work with art in the space. Uh, But to demonstrate it and, and share it online with audiences was a very different way of uh, learning. I'd say that was the biggest thing was the closure of, of just public spaces. That was really hard.
0: <laughs> you know, and, and because of those, you know, all these different guidances and restrictions, we've had to kind of adapt how we do our business, you know, and what has been the adaptation that you're most proud of in your business? Oh, gosh.
1: Um, like for me, so what happened to me, I guess, since we last talked, was I went back to school. Um, So I'm in my master's program right now, Master of Fine Arts at Concordia University. So I I took a pause. Um, In 2020, like after the Emerging North um, uh, curation, I, I just didn't work basically almost for that whole year (laughs) there was very little work to find um so I just had to kind of weigh my options like what's going to happen to me I'm stuck um with I didn't see a future I didn't see anything and I applied for university uh so that's kind of what's happened to my business uh and myself is I took a break uh from it and went back to university just to refocus my you know, my efforts, what I want to do in life. Um, so that's kind of where I am right now. I just kind of took a break. I'm doing little contracts now again, but they're very small. I have said no to a lot of really big opportunities just because uh, i rather do those things in person. I'd rather do them uh, when I'm able to travel and things like that. And I just had to say no to a lot of things. So, yeah, just kind of re-educating myself
0: now. It makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. Um, So what have you learned about your business model over the last couple of years?
1: Um, That's a really good question. I think it was earlier this year I got a grant from the Canada Council. Um, They were doing what they call it, digital originals, where it was like this little grant for artists and arts professionals to, you know, put things online (laughs) So again, we're trying to learn about this world, um, and so I got that grant, and it helped so much. I got um, a logo which I've never had before. I uh, my partner built me a brand new website, so like not one of those free ones where like the ads pop up in the you know <laughs> below corner or whatever. So like those kind of things, I restructured everything uh, during t- like early twenty twenty one, late twenty twenty. I really looked at. What am I doing? How am I doing things? Because one thing to note is when you're a sole proprietor, um, especially when you're beginning, even though I'm eight years in, you know, it's still not, it's still new. Um, I undersell myself so much. (laughs) I don't, I don't, yeah, I always feel bad. So then I always charge people less, but I'm, I'm worth so much more. So that is what I've learned is I'm charging what I'm worth or what at least I feel like I'm worth, Um, but restructured everything. Because of the website, I had to think about what is my priority? Is it curating? Is it art? What is it? And I really focused on curating. I'm really interested in curatorial field and I really just kind of focused everything that way. I also built, um, what do I call it? Like services guide. I, I built kind of like a little services guide for myself and I basically, um, if there's an inquiry about, you know, can you do this for us? Can you do this workshop? Can you do whatever? Um, I send them the guide and it has kind of things laid out of, um, you know, how long will a project possibly take? What are the services I offer? How much that all happened um, that like in 2021, which really helped me kind of focus and, and, be just uh, almost cleaner with my business
0: too, like really keep myself organized. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, so you talked about sort of accessing this grant. Have you accessed any of the other pandemic related supports that were federal or territorial municipal?
1: No, I didn't. Um, I I had enough savings that was good uh, throughout mm-hmm. 2020. And that's where I just kind of decided not to uh, access anything. I I didn't want to bother with tax <laughs> with those kind of things. Um and having to pay back. Uh never I don't like loans. I, I'm not very good with those kind of things. I try to pay things out right away. Um, I think I got that from my mom. Um, but yeah, no, I didn't access anything. Um, I was also feeling like during 2020 I lost two grandparents. Uh, During the pandemic, and it's very difficult because, uh, you know, there was been no funerals. Uh, We weren't able to travel at that time. And now that the cases are rising again, you know, who knows when I'm actually going to be able to uh, travel. So, yeah, those kind of things, like, I just felt like I just didn't want to be associated with anything that said COVID on it. Um, Just, yeah, it was kind of like for myself and for my business, I just didn't want to I didn't need it. I was fine, and other people needed it, and other businesses needed to access that. But I, I was fine throughout
0: throughout it. So, yeah. Going forward, how are you thinking about your business differently? What, like, what opportunities do you see? Like
1: that, that's a big one for me because it is the fact that I am in school. I just, um, I'm in my second year, and it's a three year program. And I just, like, it's now that I love this a point in life when it's like the dreaming stage again. You know, I have something that's structured. I have something that's working for me, but I want it to go further. I want it to develop further. I want it to progress. And I am really at the dreaming stage of like, what can I do now? And I just, um, going to Concordia has opened a couple doors because most of my contracts right now are actually through Concordia. Because I decided not to do um, too many outside contracts or anything like that, so I'm just there's so much more access to different opportunities, and I can't give them all away because they're not announced <laughs> yet. But there are some curatorial opportunities that I, I I wouldn't have had if I didn't choose to go to school at this exact time. Um, so I'm really grateful for that, and it's just yeah, I'm really focused on. Um, curating. That is the focus. Like I can see that in my future. That is something I just absolutely love to do. Um, And with my artist, like my arts practice, um, less uh, commercial retail. I'm just not very good at it. (laughs) I don't really like it very much. And I really like uh, working in gallery spaces. So actually creating art for those kind of spaces. So I think there's going to be a lot of that in the future for me, Um, and I can just see that's where I'm headed. That's where my business is headed is kind of more focused on um, gallery presentation, showcasing those kind of things, more so than the retail side of things, which was a focus before. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm
0: still in the dreaming stage, (laughs) but that's where that's where it's heading. That's good. And, you know, it's been it's been interesting for me just like listening to you talk again and reconnecting because it has been a while. But, Mm -hmm. you know, um, when you speak about your your influence or like your abilities as a curator, I'm like I feel like I'm walking through and remembering that emerging north exhibit. Mm -hmm. And it's bringing up in me a lot of really positive feelings and emotions from that time. And so Mm -hmm. I just like my gratitude to you for curating that event and for just how it's making me feel right now as I kind of. Walk down memory lane with you. So oh, keep you. doing it.
1: Thanks. <laughs> um.
0: Okay. Uh. Have you picked up any other skills as a like over the last little while? You talked about going back to school, but anything else that you've picked up?
1: I mean, just. Um, I also a part of that digital originals grant. I had um, someone help me with uh, doing like online content, like learning social media because I wasn't very good at it. Uh, I'm still not very good at it, but. I have gained the ability to make a decent post, which I think <laughs> now is like the best time to know that, uh, which is really weird. But yeah, like those kind of things, I I wasn't um, I wasn't really attracted to that before, like just personally. I mean, I scroll through, but like this making content, I guess they call it these marketing people, content, Um, but yeah. So like, that's something that I've been trying to be consistent with in like the last year is actually like creating content and it has gained a lot of new followers, um, which I've never had before. Like, I think I had like 200 and now it's at a thousand and I'm like, who are you people? (laughs) Um, So that I consider like a valuable skill. To have now, like it's something that I'm still working on, but uh, yeah, I feel like my social media game is way higher now this year because of that. So, I mean, I think that's kind of it. Um, like besides just my artistic uh, work, like you know, uh, I was able to like work on a moose hide this past summer, like those kind of opportunities I never had the chance to do because when you're self-employed, a lot of your time is just doing your work you know what I mean like you're in front of a computer all day long um but taking the time to actually work on other parts of yourself and other skills and things like that I I finally got that opportunity when I was able to step away from uh, my business so I yeah I really appreciate those kind of things too so yeah there's some stuff there's some new stuff happening
0: (laughs) very cool um, as a business owner, leadership sort of inherent in, in all that we do. So what are you learning about leadership during the pandemic?
1: Oh, gosh. Oh, I don't even know how to answer that one. Oh, no. Um, leadership. I can see it as both um, a sense of pride in leadership, but also disappointment. <laughs> um, it's really hard. Like just throughout this pandemic and we're still in it you know like I see sometimes people say like you know talking about like as if it's ended and it's not we're still very much in it um, leadership is kind of an interesting one because it goes to I mean our political field right now like thinking about Yukon and Canada and all of these kind of things and and what does leadership mean I think for myself, um, I don't really feel much like a leader at this moment. I think I did before a, a bit, um, but I, I feel very lost. Uh, I feel like leadership is very, it's, it's there, but it's quiet at the same time because we're all trying to figure this out. Um, but I, I think about, like, when I think of, like, leadership during a pandemic, I think about my mom just dealing with the Baker situation in Beaver Creek.
0: You what know, was that like
1: Sorry? The Baker's, uh, Rodney oh. and Katarina Baker, that came to Beaver Creek and took a vaccine.
0: Uh, and like that my, was it made international headlines. Do you mind just telling did. the audience about that? Story? Yeah,
1: yeah, sure. So, um, a, a couple named uh, Rodney and Katarina Baker. Um, I, I believe they were living in Vancouver at the time. Uh, came up to Whitehorse and then chartered a flight from Whitehorse to Beaver Creek, which is my community. And it's, you know, what, 85 people in Beaver Creek. It's very small. Um, Beaver Creek was also one of the very first places to get the vaccine um, because of, you know, its remoteness and the vulnerable, uh, you know, how many vulnerable people live there. And Rodney and Katerina Baker um, pretended to work there work at a hotel and they got the vaccine and then they left the same day and they also broke all the quarantine rules uh, that Yukon had in place at that time. So they were charged uh, in June 2021. They were fined both um, for breaking that. But yeah, so and my mom really spoke up. Uh, She's been the volunteer uh, COVID rep, basically, uh, in Beaver Creek uh, since the beginning of the pandemic. Uh, she just took it upon herself that, uh, it, it, you know, it, we all have that one person, you know, in the community that kind of um, stands up for it. And, and for my mom, I think that what pushed her is like her parents. My grandma is not well um, and is a vulnerable person. And uh, Rodney and Katerina Baker were actually in the same room as my grandparents, Uh, So, you know, just those kind of risks and things like that. But yeah, I think about my mom a lot Um, and, you know, just seeing her in like the New York Times talking about it, it's just crazy. Like, I can't believe it was last year, you know, 2021, um, that all of this kind of stuff happened. And like, you know, UConn made these big headlines, Beaver Creek made these big headlines that we've never, ever thought would happen. Um, so that's kind of what I think about when I think of leadership during this time, but for myself. Uh, uh, yeah, I feel like I'm, I've stepped back a little bit, trying to be a little more quieter, I think. <laughs> yeah,
0: Yeah, that's a, a brilliant story about leadership and very northern and very reflective mm-hmm. of the leadership that we see from uh, White River First Nation from Beaver Creek community often. Mm-hmm. Um, Any advice, or sorry, um, as we sort of think about this, you know, period of instability and we're in this new normal and whatever this pandemic means for us, how are you thinking about the Yukon economy? Like, what are you hoping sort of shifts as a result of this pandemic and how we think about the Northern economy?
1: Um, Yeah, that's a really good question. Uh, So, like I said, I've kind of taken a step back from myself. and my own business and things like that. So I'm not too concerned about that, but um, I really worry about the tourism sector. Uh, That's the sector that kind of birthed me in a a way. Um, You know, I I really started my career when I was working with Attica Cultural Festival. Uh, They really launched everything. Uh, My interest in visual arts, like everything like that and just seeing year after year uh, of Attica being canceled is like yeah it's pretty intense like it's it's very odd and but it's also amazing what they were they've been able to do you know like with the conversation nation arts brand and all those kind of things putting things online but I do worry about the tourism sector um actually this past summer I I got another grant because I'm really good at writing grants. If anybody needs help, uh, reach out (laughs) because I I like writing them. Um, So I wrote another grant. It was another Canada Council for um, thinking about public art and tourism uh, in Beaver Creek. So I really like to focus on Beaver Creek uh, because, you know, I'm from there. And I was thinking about that and I did um, some interviews and I still have more to do. Um, But over the summer, I uh, offered some workshops with Nicole Bauberger about uh, public art that could possibly happen in Beaver Creek and what that means. So we were talking about, um, you know, right now there's not really any public art in beaver creek there used to be you know things like the muffin and haynes junction like we used to have stuff like that um but it just got destroyed and and whatnot people tore it down or or whatever so i wanted to start a conversation about like okay can we bring it back like can we bring those kind of things back can we do murals what what what, what can we do to just add some you know art and life to beaver creek and a huge conversation that came out of that was tourism and the economy of Beaver Creek. So for those that don't know, um, Beaver Creek at one point was uh, a huge spot for tourism in the in the north. Um, there was the dinner and show. Uh, there was, you know, it's it was a whole theatrical event. You know, it's like this hidden gem of <laughs> the Yukon and, and it's all gone now. Uh, they used to have the Westmark and Holland America tours, bus tours coming up the highway every night uh, to stop in Beaver Creek just for the show and to uh, to walk around. And that, that place was so lively. You know, there was the Beaver Creek bond spiel. If anybody back in the day from the 90s and 80s will know what that is. You know, like those kind of things. The community was very much alive. Um, and when I say alive, I mean economically. Uh, as a result of tourism. And that closed down mm, like 20 years ago, 10, 20 years ago, can't remember, Um, but it's been a while that Beaver Creek really hasn't had a tourism economy. The local businesses rely on tourism, um, gas stations, restaurants, hotels, and they have been closed. Uh, And when they're open, there's not many people coming by. It was kind of when uh, the border opened, like just this past summer, like when American tourists were allowed to come in. That's when we finally saw like people like cars stopping and we were all like watching like, oh, my gosh, you know, so and so has customers. (laughs) So it's it's yeah, it's been a big hit on small communities, especially. And I'm sure, you know, in Haines Junction, too. Um, But for us, I was thinking about, okay, what can I do? Because I, I am kind of useless in that department. I, I don't have a hotel. I don't have a restaurant. I don't know how to help those kind of things. But I, I thought if I can help with talking about and maybe possibly starting things like public art uh, that could make people stop and stay for longer or possibly attract Yukoners to travel north and visit Beaver Creek because I know half of you have never been to Beaver Creek before (laughs) because I ask all the time and people are like, I've never been there. You've lived there for 30 years. Um, You know, like those kind of things, like thinking about our local economy and how to draw them into the smaller communities when we can, when it's not uh, uh, against COVID rules. So that's something that I, yeah, I've been taking pride in a lot is um, trying to, start something in Beaver Creek, something like public art uh, to, to, to attract uh, the possible, you know, tourism economy back. But I don't know, sorry, that was a long conversation, but that's, that's the biggest thing for me that I think about with the Yukon is, uh, tourism always gets hit first and that always relates to arts and culture and that's the sector that I'm in. So,
0: yeah. I think that was a, a great example. Uh, Teresa, do you have any advice for emerging entrepreneurs right now? Oh, gosh.
1: Terrible time to start. But <laughs> um, I, I would say, like, especially in the arts community, I, I mean, I've seen lots of new artists um, start, which is amazing, during a pandemic, which is, I think, absolutely crazy, but good for them. Um, it, it's definitely important right now in the arts sector, that you do understand online, like this is just the way that we're. This is how we are right now, um, and I don't see that changing anytime soon. Uh, galleries and museums and things like that have been open, um, but you know, again, things could be shut down at a moment's notice, and your exhibition could be canceled. So, exhibition we can't rely on exhibitions anymore. It's basically what I'm trying to say. You have to think about different ways to get your content out there. And right now it's online. Um, Sometimes small gatherings can work, especially with close friends, just to get things kind of moving and get your art and your work out there. For emerging curators, that's definitely a tough one. Um, I would say, I mean, you know, the great thing about UConn is the galleries there are Everyone's so great. Everyone's so nice. You know, the doors are always open um, and I think there could be potential there. And uh, I've noticed, you know, uh, despite things going online, there's been a lot more opportunity for artists, I find. Uh, there's a lot of um, grant money out there, either through UConn or through the federal government, um, specifically to help artists during times of COVID um, to create work like this is a good time to create. You might not be exhibiting yet, um, but this is a really good time to focus on your practice and really hone in on all of those skills, both as a curator and as an artist. Um, Yeah, that's kind of, that's all I can really think of is, you know, think about creating new work, um, trying different things that you've never tried before. Take almost uh, a little bit, take a break. Because I found taking a break from all of the hustle bustle that I was doing for like the last four years um, was really needed. Like I really needed to just kind of step back and be like, okay, what am I doing? Cause like before the pandemic, I was really just kind of going contract by contract, you know, trying to find what's the next one. What's the next one. Then I would be um, piling myself up with different projects. Like I'd have four or five going at the same time. And that's not reasonable. like, um, I mean, some people like it, but, and I liked it. I liked being really busy, but at the end of the day, I, you know, I was working from as soon as I woke up 8 AM, I'm on my computer until like what midnight, you know, like that's kind of the reality of a self-employed person, but um, I'd say take the opportunity to have a little breather, uh, learn a new skill, do something, go outside when you can. Cause I found I, yeah, I spent a lot of time outside, which I've never done before in 2021. Like I was just like, what else am I going to (laughs) do? So I guess I'll do that. Um, I also find like working with my hands and building, creating something. I think people are really interested in creating right now, like just anyone and not just an artist. Uh, People are really wanting to, develop something i know people started gardening knitting you know what i mean like build that shed out back that they've been waiting for 10 years to do because they finally found the time so yeah i kind of recommend those kind of things and and definitely reach out to peers Uh, if if you're interested in curating email a gallery email me Um, if you're interested in the arts reach out to people on social media they're like they're all there to help uh which i think is really great yeah well
0: Uh, Any sort of major aha moments for you shifts in your worldview over the last little bit?
1: Hmm. I mean, just, just those facts of like taking time for myself. Um, It was definitely COVID was definitely a slap in the face for everyone. Uh, But I think especially for entrepreneurs (laughs) that uh, like, the things that we've been doing, we've been so structured for a really long time. Like you get into the flow of your schedule, you know, and your schedule gets packed. And I think it was a good opportunity to step back. But at the same time, you had to be very creative now. Um, and I like I'm thankful I don't have a store. <laughs> I don't have a storefront uh, because I, I really would feel completely lost. I really feel for those people that have storefronts uh, and restaurants and things like that. I really couldn't imagine uh, what that would mean because I've been working from my home uh, for the last eight years, you know, like I've been working on a computer the whole time. So my life that way hasn't changed, but it has changed of contracts and things like that. So for myself, it's just getting more creative um, and doing the proposals and projects that I want to do like not always having to fit into other people's agendas, like actually saying, I have this great idea. Who wants to be a part of it? Um, I think is also really important. And uh, yeah, I just like got really attracted to those kind of things. And, and always, you know, re-educating yourself is a good time, especially if you're, you don't have much to do anymore. So
0: <laughs> that's what I did. Yeah. And what's been your wellness practice to keep you grounded?
1: Oh, gosh. Um, that's a big one that I'm still learning. Um, I'm very much the kind of person that, um, I used to have, you know, like my emails would just in bein, bein, bein on my phone and I would have to answer it immediately. Like I wouldn't even stop and wait and email later or whatever. No, no. Like I was constantly always like, I have to respond right now. This person needs mm-hmm. an answer. Um, but I kind of stopped doing those things. I kind of, sometimes I took some of my email stuff off or I turned out the notifications. Those things have helped um, reduce the stress. And, you know, honestly, I really like watching movies. So I take a little bit of time to watch a little TV, a movie here and there, um, which really helps just like, then I don't have to think, you know, my computer's off at like 10, You know, that's my cutoff 10 PM instead of midnight. That's when I turn it off. Like those kind of things, um, have helped a lot, I think. Um, and you know, just like I said, going outside the summer months, um, yeah, the summer was crazy 2021 and it's going to be the same this year in 2022. Um, I'm not going to be on a computer. I'm outside every day of the summer. Uh, because of my high tanning and I started a a studio out in Beaver Creek so people can actually come and visit me Uh, you're welcome to visit Um, but like those kind of things like I am not I, I can't be in touch like it's going to be really hard for people to get a hold of me in the summers but it feels so good like for my own health like my mental health and things like that and my body my physical health as well it it was it was the best thing that I could have done was spent uh, the summer outside building, um, high tanning, which is crazy difficult. Uh, I just loved every minute; like it was, it was the thing that I needed, and it's going to be the thing that I do this year as well, which is, which is really good. Yeah, people need that time.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, Teresa, I just want to thank you for doing the interview with us today, and just give the opportunity for any closing thoughts before we we end the interview.
1: No, I think this is great. Thanks so much for letting me do a follow up with this, uh, because things have changed. I I watched my little uh, interview before and I was like, oh, yeah, things have have definitely changed within a year. I can't believe how uh, how fast and how slow things have gone as well, though. Um, But I'm grateful for it being 2022. Um, And I'm looking forward to, you know, what's going to happen next. And I'm also interested in seeing what other people are doing um, with the follow-up interviews and things like that. I'm really curious how things have changed for everyone, because I know these last couple of years have uh, definitely changed for me. So, yeah, Tinicho, thank you. And that's it. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks.